Well, uh, so so going back to that stat, that special stat I, I said. Um, so uh, that, don't don't quote me on how many players it is, but it's obviously you, Finnan, Taylor, Cookie, Brevet, Morgan. If you class the one appearance he had under Tigana and Barry Owls, I can't think of anyone else off the top of my head. You were the only players in English football history that have achieved 100 points with the same club twice. Fulham are the only club in football, English football history to have got to a century twice. A half a dozen clubs have done it once. We're the only club to do it twice. And we did it. It weren't like you say that to a randomer and they'll say, oh, yeah, well, they did it in the 40s and then they did it again 50 years later. We did it twice in three years. Twice in three years, yeah. yeah. And, and yet we still managed to spread it over two millenniums. <laughs> but like you're, so you're one of six or seven to to do that twice well there we go I've got to say I've never obviously I, I knew we had done that but I didn't realise we were the only club to do it the, on, the only club to I mean obviously it, it doesn't work out say someone did it with Fulham and then they went and done it with Reading yeah but, but with the same but with the same club you're, you're the only players that have, have ever done it and Fulham are the only club that have ever done it very special isn't it I like that, yeah. Brilliant, I'll use that one. Yeah, yeah. Right. Why did you leave then after promotion? Like, was it was it a hard decision? Um, no, to be honest, no, not really. Um, it was hard. It was hard to leave the club because I had so many great memories and I had a lot of friends there. Obviously, I got on. You know, everyone at the club, obviously, the boys, all the players, all my mates, not great with them, but also. And when you've been there a period of time like I had, you get to know all the people that work in the offices and the washing lady, the cleaners, all people like that. And they're really, really good people, you know. People talk about Fulham being a... Um, but it, it's, it is, you know what I mean? It genuinely is. And a lot of the people that work for the club are supporters as well. Like Mark Maunders, who's been there for years and years. And it's brilliant, you know. I, I love this. So in that respect, it was hard to leave, but... I needed to play, I was at stage like I needed to play football. And I knew I'd just, you know, we were in the Premier League. I was, I was going to be back up, really. Um, and I wanted to go and play. So, uh, in that respect, it, it wasn't too difficult for me to leave, sort of thing. So, um, and they were, they were good to me. They looked after me and, and sort of let me go. I mean, I came also. I, was, I, I like to think I was pound for pound. I was one of the best signings for them ever made because I was a free transfer. You know what I mean? So, they let me go. For, uh, they, they got I don't know, 400 grand, 400 grand, whatever it was for me. Got me on a free. I helped with two promotions. So I think I did my bit. And they made it really easy for me to, to get away. So, um, you know, all sort of, it, it worked out all right in the end. And I was, I was at a stage in my career I needed to go and play football somewhere. No, I, di- I didn't realise you was a free transfer. That, what a signing. Honestly. Yeah, I came in, I was playing on fast for free, so you know, like I say, pound for pound, I like to think I was uh, selling for money. One, oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. 100%. So, so like, after you retired from, from Palace, you came back to Fulham as a scout. Was there anyone, you know, of note that, 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 that the fans would know that you, you actually scouted? Uh, well, I, I, did a, I was doing a lot of the match reports, to be honest. Um, so during the Europa League run, you know, so I, I was I was sort of all over Europe doing our, our you know, potential next opponents or whatever. 
Oh, so it wasn't it wasn't about scouting players. It was more well, more the opposition. I did a little bit of that, a little bit of that as well. I did some sort of, players, but then a lot of opposition scouting as well, especially for the, like the and the Europa League stuff. I was part of a really good team. Barry Simmons as the chief scout. Uh, Andy Scolden has now gone to Rangers as chief scout. Um, these boys are sort of heading up the, the scouting system there. So I came in and sort of. Um, did stuff with them so yeah so a lot of it was, was European stuff but I remember Roy after the first leg of, after the first leg against Juventus was all sort of a little bit doom and gloom and thinking blimey we're, you know we're never going to get through against them and it's almost told me not to go I think it was Hamburg next or something I had to go and watch um, and he almost said no, I don't bother going but I went anyway and obviously that so I was away when the night of the Juventus game at the cottage I wasn't there because I was off scouting in Germany, um, so I missed out unfortunately because that's, that's that's the one the one night of of everything I, I wish I had seen that night. But um, I said, unfortunately, I was away, you know, doing doing report for the next game, and uh, luckily enough, we were able to play it. Yeah, I, I, I was at, I was at both legs, and I, I've got to admit. The doom and gloom after the first game. I, I didn't think Juventus were actually that good. Let's be honest. It wasn't. It wasn't the Juventus you see now or the Juventus before. It, they were quite an average team. And I thought, well, we got the away goal. I come away thinking we could beat these two nil. <laughs> I was. I mean, I was queuing up outside the ground because uh, it was an early kickoff. I had to rush rush there from work, and I was queuing up outside the ground. And I heard the little cheer, and I almost went home. I thought, but I thought, you know what? What will be, will be. You know, this is Fulham a few years ago. We never dreamed of being, being in this position and probably the best decision I ever made apart from marrying my wife. But um, You've got to get that in. I've got to get that in. She's going to listen. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so so then you you uh, moved from scout to working with the kids, the under-18s. Um, well, just, yeah, to start with, like, I sort of, I did the two. So I came in scouting. I was just doing things it wasn't actually getting paid um, to start and that's how football can be you know I just started had two promotions with the club ex-international football blah 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 but just to get my foot back in the door you know it wasn't on any sort of retainer or any wages I just came in to do the scouting for them on expenses to start with and I started doing a bit of work in the academy and scouting so I was splitting between the two and sort of went from there really how, how did you find working with the youngsters? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I've got to say, I absolutely loved it. I really, really enjoyed it. I'd always enjoyed coaching kids anyway. Even when I was playing, going through, I'd done a little bit of coaching with, with younger players, and I'd always quite enjoyed that. But uh, working with the kids, all different age groups throughout the Fulham Academy, was, was brilliant. You know, they've got a really, I always did have and still have, an academy for them. Um, and I loved it, yeah. So I'd, I'd fit between, I went and picked away took the under-13s, I think, off to Finland for a little tournament. I went off to Ireland with the under-16s. So I was doing all different age groups. Um, and then I started sort of working, assisting Gary Brazil, really, who was, who was taking the under-18s at the time. Um, and I was still doing the scouting as well. And then Gary sort of pulled me one day and said, listen, he, he's going to move back up to Nottingham because um, of his family situation uh, and work for the Premier League up there. Um and he said, listen, I want you to take over this job and I'll try and push, you know, and, and orchestrate it so I could get the under-18 job. I went, oh, cheers, mate. And so that's what happened. He sort of sorted all out with Hugh Jennings and, and slowly he sort of phased himself out as under-18 manager and I sort of started or 
and took over from him there. And that was, you know, a period for a couple of years doing the under 18s that I absolutely loved because I mean, that's a great age with players where they're like so impressionable. Uh, and I think, you know, I felt like you could really make a difference. And yeah, we had, yeah, you know, the most successful time that the you know the academy have ever had. But like, so you must have grown up with the the, the youngsters that got to the FA Cup um, youth thing, the final. So you, you'd you'd obviously moved up to under twenty ones by then. But but watching it, I mean, was you how proud was you watching watching these kids go on to to make the final? Yeah, yeah I mean, for, you know, Fulham's relatively small club, but for them being the FA Youth Cup final, I'd say. The players that we'd all brought through the system, so obviously, you know, Booster we brought in, Pat had come in, and Pat Roberts, and, and players like that. You know, these boys, they're, they're really, really good lads, and obviously, Steve Wigley was taking the team around and did a brilliant job with them. Um, and they was, they was obviously so close to winning that Youth Cup final, and um, it was a brilliant final, you know, it was a great final to watch, but we, we were sort of close to winning it, and it was, it was a, a great feat for a club like Fulham to be able to, to go toe-to-toe with, with Chelsea with their financial clout um, and then run them all the way, you know. So it was, no, it was brilliant. And, yeah, it's, you know, sort of very lost. I was up to the 21s at that stage, but, yeah, very, very proud watching that. Yeah, me and the missus had a had a domestic, that um, the second leg, because we went to it. We went to the games in two legs. And uh, obviously, I thought we was going to win it, especially the way that the game was going. I think we was like two goals up at one point, and then somehow they threw it away. And you know what? I was more angry about that than I was about relegation, because <laughs> it was the, it was within a couple of weeks of each other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, I, I was I had the right on going home, seeing you know these you know you know what Chelsea fans bloody win everything. Look, I'm, none of, hardly any of them turned up. Like, they don't care about it, and they still bloody win. But um, I mean, the funny thing I don't remember, like, the, the sort of turning point was was Loftus Cheek going off because he'd sort of like blown a gasket a little bit. It was obviously a, a stop, stop player now. Um, it was him going off. He won Chelsea the game. He eased on a little bit. If he had stayed on, we were getting well on top. They took him off, made his change, and then they, they had another little spell then and, um, and got the goals they needed. But it was, yeah, it was like, the boys, the Fulham boys that night, certainly did us proud and you know it was a great effort for the lads oh yeah definitely did us proud I was so proud of them but um, it was so frustrating because I, I thought we would be- they were the better team by far for individually I thought we had better players but yeah never mind um, so so you you move up to under 21s um, so you must have had interaction with Martin Yarl Muhlenstein and then Mr Felix um yeah. <laughs> Who was the easiest to get on with, and and you know, like, what was your relationship like with all three? Um, to be honest, I didn't have much of a relationship with any of them. To be perfectly honest, I was I was just sort of focused on on my the twenty ones and trying to you know develop players to get to that first team level. So yeah, it's a funny sort of funny sort of time at the club. Really, there didn't there wasn't. Um, that closeness that I think there should be between uh, like maybe the, the, the second team and the first team you know you've got, I, I, I feel if it's worked well you should link really closely together uh, and have like succession plans and things like that but it wasn't really sort of happening like that so I just sort of did my bit as as 21 manager and, and 
almost run my own little with it. But again, it was really successful. I remember the, the one season we, you know, the, the team went unbeaten until March, which was you know an incredible achievement. And it was a, a real sort of good group of lads. But but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't as as close as it should be. I don't think. And uh, the the links, then the relationships all the way through for the different age groups. But it's certainly does from what I think is certainly better now oh yeah, yeah. It, look, it looks like it is and all, all the youngsters coming through it it feels like we've got a proper like strategy a philosophy in place like all, all the all the teams play the same way kind of thing it was very like divisive like all, all the different age groups didn't mix there was no real communication no no that could be brilliant but it's got to be I mean listen ultimately it comes from whoever's the first team manager or first team coach whatever he is it sort of comes to set the philosophy for the football club you know but then you, you've got to embrace everything. a lot of players a lot of managers a lot of clubs a lot of managers just worry about the first team now I, I don't like that some of whether it's Fulham or Palace or Portsmouth or Man City whichever club I've, I've worked at Sunderland now I want the whole football club to do well and so realistically Sunderland how long we be you never know football's quite short tenures these days as, as managers and assistants whatever but I want the best for the whole football club all the time I'm here and I, that, I'll do the utmost in my control to make sure that happens and I work with the under 23s coach now the under 18s coach to make sure it's as, as seamless as possible for players going up and down the age groups at different, different levels but not many you know some managers think I'm only going to be here a short time so they just do their job and they don't care about the rest of the club but I'm like I'm as worried about what I'm going to leave behind when I do go and you know we all leave football clubs I want to leave it in a better state than what I've taken over um, and that's a big thing in my, in my thinking but not everyone thinks that football's such a short lifespan as a manager I can understand why people don't but I, I I vehemently disagree with that as a way of working and I don't think but that's my opinion well and, and you say you like to leave um the club in a better state than you found it and you definitely did that when you become manager I think every Fulham fan at the time when you was announced was was really happy relieved because um, you know it just it wasn't just about the results with McGat it was like it felt like from top to bottom even the tea ladies it just seemed like everybody was losing that that spark that that soul that, that Fulham seemed to have there's something about Fulham it's a family you know it's, and it seemed to be I don't know it seems to be more distant than ever before I, I really did fear that that's what we were going to lose I can't begin to tell you and tonight's probably not the night for doing it how bad a state the club was in um, when I took over and like you were saying the tea ladies everyone throughout the whole football club but obviously Fulham's you know not like most football clubs whereby everyone's on site at Mosper Park, you know, it's all the, the marketing guys and commercial and everyone, everyone's there on site, so everyone feels it. Um, and the club was on its knees. So listen, I, I took, the, you know, I took over with 24th one point from seven games, finished that season 17th, and I got sacked when we were 12th. So is that progression? Is that improvement? Well, if I'm not stupid, that's, you know... <laughs> Of course it is. Like... Exactly. But, and I'm proud of that, don't get me wrong, but what I'm proudest of was the actual state of the club. And uh, I mean, My first day's training was before the, before the Blackburn game after Forest. And uh, 
So I, I, I take over on the, for the training on the Friday, so I get one day's training before Blackburn. Loads of the people from the offices came out to watch the training. And they've never done it. Never done it. I've not seen them. Everyone was in there locking their office doors before and hiding away and things like that. And like, it was, the place was a lockdown. And suddenly everyone's out and wanted to watch the training, wanted to be part of it again. And that's, you know, Fulham, the song was We Want Our Fulham Back. How did that make you feel? Yeah, well, they, they, I used to hear that. Obviously, so I'd go to all the games. I felt exactly the same. You know, I, I, I spent three and a half years at the club as a player. I'd done loads of work at the academy and the 18, 21. It was my, it was my football club, you know, and I, I desperately wanted to do well. And I was seeing horrific things happening, and it was killing me. It really was killing me. I wanted to do something about it. And luckily, you know, I got the chance sort of as manager. Maybe you know, people say I was a bit too early or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Listen, I'm under no illusions. We were in a proper jam and I saved the club at that stage. Um, obviously, moving on from there, no, no, no issues with what's happened in football, football. But at that time, it was, it was in a proper, proper mess. Yeah, we're not we're not just talking about results. It needed it needed someone like you to come in. You know, I, I put you in. I put my results on the table alongside anyone. You know, and well, that that for the, the the first six months or so was ridiculous. The the form. Well, it was yeah, but also that with the squad, if you look, they weren't really fit for purpose for the championship. You know, with a squad of players coming out from the Premier League. And it wasn't an assembled squad. I mean, look at, for example, McGat's first game, it switched away. We had, what, 10 debuts? Well, he had Burgess in defensive midfield and he, he was making his debut, career debut. And he was a centre-half. So, yeah, Hyman, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. 10 debuts, uh, 9 league debuts. I think Scotty Park was the only one who, who played for them already. Yeah, Yoranen was in goal. Bodgerov, yeah, yeah, it was. It was a whole whole new team. Mm, yeah, yeah. Nine Fulham debuts and these debuts. You know, it's unbelievable. Yeah, ridiculous. It was, and but there were just ridiculous things happening across the board. And the squad wasn't. So a lot of my kids, you know, my boys who I bought through the 21, really, really good, good players, were sort of thrown in when they weren't ready. And I, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally, I totally get that. and get a chance. I don't want them to get hurt either. I want them to put in at the right time when they can go and thrive and, and show themselves for what they can do. And, and stuff was going on, mate. Honestly, it was, it was unbelievable. Um, it was a worrying time. When I took over, I knew what a, a massive, massive job I had on my hands. Um, and it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. And, I and you know, as it happens, I would have played already. But if I wasn't, I would have gone great. <laughs> How, how hard was it being part of the, the qualifying campaign for Wales and then having to choose between... Uh, you obviously, I know, it you couldn't do both roles. I was, I was told... When I, when I was caretaker, um, they couldn't really tell me not to do the Welsh job as well. But as soon as, as, soon as I got made like, you know, full-time manager, I was told that's it, you've got to do like, the Welsh job. So, which... I understand, you know, and I think that was the right, right thing to do. Um, but it was hard for me to do, because also my last game for Wales, we beat Belgium 1-0 in Cardiff, and effectively, they're a bit like the Blackburn game with us winning the league. Effectively, that was the game that qualified us for the Euros. So I'm like walking away in the June, 
knowing we're going to the Euros for the first time in 58 years to go to a major competition. And, and that, must have, that must have hurt watching it. I mean, you was obviously there. You must have been there. Well, I think, well yeah, listen, it was all right. I've been sacked by Fulham by then, so I went. <laughs> that is the thing. I had two jobs running around like a loon. I had to give up the Fulham job in the, uh, June the 6th was the... Um, or, or you know, June anyway. So, um, I was It's, it's amazing how many Fulham players are associated with Wales, like with the whole setup over the years. Like, it, it seems to have been not not just with the, the, the national team, but like Fulham in general. Just seems to be a lot. Uh, there seems to be a lot of Welsh players at the same sort of time. Yeah, there's, there's a strong, been a strong Welsh connection obviously over the years really I mean you know, like, you know Mark Hughes Eddie Nuzvecki and Bowe Bowe and like that as well yeah, Golden Davis top goal scorer oh, there that, yeah. Yeah. there's guys recruiting guys in the academy like that with James or Welsh boys so yeah there's a Welsh connection like, yeah so um, Tapia he keeps the club running you know what I mean so it's all yeah. good yeah um, like was your management style influenced by any of your ex-managers yeah I think it's influenced Criticising at all? I, d- I just want to see. Hit. Which means you are about. No, no, not at all, not at all. But I think d- just a bit of insight into your thinking. Um, the diamond formation, for example. Why, why did you always play the diamond formation? What was the thinking behind it? The tactics. Well, I just, I just felt with the players we had available. Uh, now that was that was the best formation for us to play at certain times. With, with us, I knew we didn't have the defenders I wanted. And we were always going to concede goals. Right? So, like, that's what I'm saying about earlier. When you know, when Brace took over, uh, Fulham fans didn't like the negative style of football. Fulham, I always felt Fulham fans want to play a certain attacking style of football. Um, that's the Fulham way. You know, certain clubs have an identity, uh, and that's what I always felt. Fulham identity was was 
good, bright, attacking football. You know, a little bit like, uh, maybe like West Ham, you know, the Academy, all this sort of thing they call it. A certain clubs have a certain way you've got to play. And so, think back to when maybe, say, Brace was there, Lloyd Sanchez, but the fans didn't like that style of football. There's no getting away from it. So I'm like, well, whether I'm successful or not, I'm going to try and do it the full and way. And, you know, I'm sort of quite proud of that in some respect. I've got to say, we're, we're leading goal scorers in the championship. Couldn't defend for Toffee, don't get me wrong, but I knew I didn't have the defenders to do it. So I thought, well, our best chance of winning games is to try and outscore the opposition, obviously, as that makes, makes sense. But I knew we wouldn't keep too many clean sheets. Also, there was a lot that went on behind the scenes. I promised certain players, defensive players, would come in, didn't get them. So right. I did, I did hold him a field player, I was promised. Uh, didn't get it. So uh, there's ways I wanted to play. And I don't think any Fulham fan would ever disagree with that. I promise you that. Hey, listen, I'm not, I'm not even criticising you. Like, honestly, I'm not going to have don't have an argument over the phone. Don't worry, look professional. But um, no, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that you did anything wrong. I just um, we always played that formation. I just wondered why you you did it. That's all. What one thing you did do? If you look, if you look like, so for example, my my was it uh, Sunday night game I finally got got to play three at the back, Bristol City away. So my last four games, we beat Reading four two at home, beat Bristol City four one away. I was there. I was there. Does it, did it? You know what? That's the the only game in about two years that I've actually been pissed at, and uh, I thought I was hallucinating. We were like four 0 up after about ten minutes. Great game that one. So my last four games, we we been four two at home at Reading, four one away. Bristol City. Yeah. Apparently, lose. Bit unlucky way at Burnham, to be fair. But then obviously, it goes pear shaped against Birmingham. You, um, you took off. You took off James Usband against Bristol City and brought on Garbutt, and then we lost our clean sheet. Y
Jukanovic definitely took over a much better squad than um, you took over 100% well that's the thing we were 12 and I got sacked and they finished 20th with the same group of players now yeah yeah I, I, I see where I totally see where you're coming from and that group of players wasn't good enough to get in the playoffs well I mean the, the demise you know what I think the, the demise came in between you and Jukanovic because there was like about a three month period where we didn't even have a manager or it might not have been three months maybe I'm exaggerating but it was a long time that that's when we went on a run and we, we were just yeah, shocking. Yeah, I'm like I'm like if you get sacked and they say they're the ball, you kind of be straight in. I'm like, well, you know, listen, this thing's that these things happen in football, but I got sacked and then They didn't have a plan. Yeah, yeah. I mean one thing you did do uh, really well was you got the best out of Christensen. And he 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 seemed to get injured and then he come back and he was just never the same player and I don't know. I don't, don't know what happened. He never, we never really saw him again. Um, what, what, what was it with him, do you think? He's a, he's a really good player, Lash. That's why I didn't know some of the under-18s, under-21s. I mean, also, it's the 50, but the best out of McCormack. And don't forget, you know, you look at Russell McCormack now, obviously things haven't gone so great for him, but because the way I played, now I knew, again, that, that dictated how I had to play. I had to play Ross up front with someone else. I'm playing as a lone striker. If you play that wide is not great in the defensive side of it and he won't score as many goals but I do down the middle with Musa he scored goals but then you lose a bit defensively but but because of that listen also there's a political element involved and the club spent big money buying what's the callback now I had to keep them at a level where they could get big money to sell him um, and they did now I mean are you going to get 10 million for us the callback at the moment of course you're not you've got no chance so in that respect as well, I got the best out of it, which was a very important thing because we're talking, I say, ten million pounds, which is a lot of money. Um, get back for a player. So, but again, in, in, like I say, there's more to it than, than just necessarily uh, what meets the eye. You know, there's, there's other other issues involved as well. Yeah, yeah, of course there is. Um, like, if if you could have your time again, would you do anything differently as manager? Yeah, I learned a lot in that spell. Um, I mean, I loved it. I actually loved being full of manager, I've got to say. Um, you could really see it. I've never known someone to smile so much, honestly, in interviews. Even when you was angry, you were smiling. You get the opportunity to, to manage a club that's really close to It's fantastic. But, but that's why it was so special having you there, because, like, taking over from a gap at the time you did, seeing how much it meant to you, how much you meant to the fans, it was just the perfect appointment at the perfect time. And if it, you know, although like you improve things on the pitch, off the pitch, you did give us our Fulham back. And, uh, you know, honestly, that just adds to all the other things that, that make you a, a Fulham legend. It really does. Well, that's it. Of, of everything, that 
the most important thing to me, to be honest. Yeah. No, yeah, well, I mean, you're, you're special to, to, to all them fans, you really are. Why? I've got to wrap this up because uh, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely going over time. I've loved it though, absolutely loved it. Um, so, look, so obviously you're now up at um, Sunderland. What's your targets for this season? I mean, there's, there's no targets. I mean, initially, listen, obviously, the, the similar sort of thing. The club's in a bit of a bit of a pickle at the minute. You know, me and Cookie have come in to get them out of it. And so that's the initial target, just to improve things, um, which we will do. You know, I'm under no illusion. It's a massive, massive task, massive job. But it's one we both really fancy, you know. Neither of us are, uh, of us are shy of a shy of a fight, and we're, we're well up for a, you know it's a bit of scrap and stuff. Out, but we, we've taken on board and really, really confident, and, and that we can turn this around and, and really looking forward to it. Yeah, no, I wish you the best of luck, especially except for when you play us, of course, which is. I say, apart from December sixteenth. Yeah, well, yeah, I can see what's coming already. New managers, <laughs> the curse. Um, Al, Al fired and Khan. Obviously, you had a lot to do with both. Yeah. What What were they? How different were they? Especially around the players. Yeah, very different. I mean, I've, I've, I've not really seen Mr. Khan around the players. I don't think he's been around the players too much. Um, that's not his style. Whereby Mr. Al fired loved it. You know, he he, he called meetings for us. I remember the. He came in before my first game at Fulham and it was like, my boys, my boys, you win today, every player, a gold bar. We were like, wow, you know, flipping out. First home <laughs> game, So we'd go out, we win the game, we'd come back in and there's these gold bars of chocolate at least selling Harrods on everyone's spot. And the boys were like, oh, flipping out. I think we, we genuinely thought he'd give us a gold bar each, you know, if we actually won the game. And there's this bar of chocolate. So all the boys sort of just left it and went. I was looking, eight ninety nine they were, Harrods, you know, a proper big old like toe drone thing, so I think that's my little bit sweet round the changing room and took about five or six from home. So but he was he was brilliant with the players and I say bring in Michael Jackson one week was coming in, Tony Curtis coming in, all sorts of people and celebs and things that around the place and he was brilliant he was brilliant for the football club, you know, I I I didn't sort of meet him on a one-to-one that many times but he was, he'd always come in to change the rooms after the game he was just brilliant brilliant for the football club and the lads all loved him oh, yeah I, I think all the fans did as well well at the time um, couple more, last couple of questions little ones yeah. From, yeah. Your, from your time working with the youngsters was there anyone that didn't make the first team that you was disappointed disappointed never quite got the contract or got a chance Well, yeah, the one I'd say there was a we had a boy Ronnie Minquist when I was doing the under 18s German midfield player who was just an absolute diamond of a lad. Um, he played in the first team, played a couple of games. He did, he lacked a little bit of pace, but his attitude, his mentality, he was he was brilliant. He was a real top top boy. Um, and we had a centre half called who was a boy from the Ivory Coast centre half. When I first played with the work, I did a little bit of work with the, with the centre-backs in the academy. Him and a boy called Aaron Pierre, who's obviously gone on and, and had a decent career, Aaron. Um, and I only literally did a little bit of editing and stuff with a bit of position. Uh, you know, I remember I went to watch 
watch the uh, the youth team play an FA FA youth cup game at Ipswich at Portman Road, and then they were marking Connor Wickham, who was obviously a big big hitter at the time, um, and was always going to go on and do do great things sort of thing. And um, and Aaron Pierre and Czech Torre marked about the game, played really well. And at the end of the game, I'm sitting up in the director's box watching it. So Czech sort of sees me walking pitch and ways. And it's like the old Pat Cashman at Wimbledon. We tried to get up to the, you know, the Royal Enclosure or the Royal Box, whatever. Czech's trying to get up to the bloody director's box. <laughs> yeah, hug type thing. He was, he was off his head, but he was a real soft guy, a real lovely boy. Always heartily sleep. And uh, him and Ronnie Minquist would have too. But I would have loved to go on and, and see people and play. But then, you know, like I say, a lot of these young boys that sort of dealt things through your last Christian system. Like that it was, you know, that was that gave me a lot of pleasure and a lot of enjoyment to see them come through into the first thing. Yeah, there was quite a few of them, wasn't there? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, right. Right, biggest question of them all: pie or pasty? Uh, pie all day long. Right, come on, what one? What what filling? Um, beef and onion for me. Yeah, I oh, got to be got to be chicken and mushroom for me. All day long. Oh, there we go. I don't mind them. Not the first one, I know, but, uh, beef and onion. Kit, you're a legend, mate. Honestly. Hey, boy. Cheers, pal. Top man. Well, I, honestly, I, I can't thank you enough for doing this. Um, it's been an honour. It really has. No, listen, I've really enjoyed it, mate. It's been good, like, reminiscing, talking about some of the some of those great days that we had. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Well, you might be at Sunderland today, but you're at Fulham forever. Top man. Cheers, bud. All right, mate. Take care. Take care. All right, bye. That was Kit Simons talking about his career at Fulham. I'd like to thank Kit for taking the time to speak to me and I wish him and Cookie the best of luck with Sunderland in the future. Please follow us on Twitter for updates when the next one will be released. But until then, my name's Danny Boyer. Hope you enjoyed it and thank you for listening.